0: Hey film fans. I'm Dave, and I'm John. And Jeff is still gone. He's still a little bitch. Yeah, actually, and welcome Jeff, back. Jeff's
1: gone for a very good reason. It, it's it's Chloe's birthday today, so happy birthday, Chloe. Yes,
0: it is. Happy birthday, <laughs> Chloe. Sorry, we're giving him shit for being such a good boyfriend and planning and executing your awesome birthday. How dare he. Happy birthday to you. Hope it goes well. But Folks, we digress. <laughs> We digress. <laughs> Fans, welcome back to the Love of Cinema pod, a pod in which we will challenge one another to discuss movies, both new and old, with a strictly positive critical eye.
1: That's right. And to keep it honest as we go along, uh, we've made this a drinking game. I just wait for it now. I wait for it now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anyone says anything negative? Because this is a Positivity Film uh, Podcast. Positivity, Positivity, yeah, yeah, I just can't even, I've started already, I pre this. He's already Uh, drunk. (laughs) I'm not. Uh, I just can't talk. Anything negative or stupid about a film, you'll hear this sound. Mm -hmm. And that means we're drinking. So pour yourselves a glass of something you, brings back fond memories, because we're doing reminiscence tonight.
0: That's right, folks.
1: But first, John,
0: shout-outs. Shoutouts, we have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozo. His handle is cbarozobar2019. That two zero one nine. 0 And if you're digging the music on this episode, and every single episode, do not forget the artist's name is Dasein. That's Dasein, D-A-S-E-I-N. If you really like the music, please head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash Dasein dash artist or you can find the uh, Linktree link in, in our show notes or on our Instagram or any of our handles. And you can go there and find the links to go to SoundCloud and download all of this music for free provided by Dasein. Uh We are at the Love of Cinema on all the platforms. Uh, excuse me, at the Love of Cinema pod on all the platforms except for Twitter. There we are only at the Love of Cinema. But please, please, please. Yeah. you don't us have, up. To, you like don't us have love to remember any of that.
1: Just go to the link you tree. It'll take t- it's just, a push yeah. of a button. We made it easy. We made it easy.
0: It's Always in the show notes. Dave, hook me up. Turn on the VPN. I I just
1: activated activated that. Uh, yeah, because that too. was that just, was hands down the folks, worst intro ever.
0: <laughs> no, I think we're feeling I think we're feeling really good about it. I'm gonna just make sure. See, here's the deal, folks. Dave has hooked this up with some fun technology so that he's not the only person who has control over the fucking buzzers as as he did for a very long time, which was fun. But now we all get to buzz each other, which is super fun. I just want to make sure I have my, my buzzing capabilities up here. <laughs> Let me just do a little test just to see if I can get my buddy Dave going. Uh, do I have to drink with this test? Is, is oh, that, I hope is so. Uh, I'm, I'm, is, can you hear it? I can't hear it. Anyway, nope. we're sitting here talking. Hopefully it'll go off. If it doesn't, I'm just going to point to Dave and make him drink. <laughs> Today, we are doing a new release, Reminiscence, made by writer-director Lisa Joy. Uh, Someone you may have known. She did a tiny little show called Westworld, co-created with Jonathan fucking Nolan. (laughs) Yeah, so you knew you were going to be in for some mind-bendy stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, This is her directorial debut. She has obviously, uh, for a feature film anyway, she has obviously um, written plenty She is also producing Westworld with Jonathan as well as co creating that. So, uh, here's the blurb, folks. We are going to get right into it. It was released on HBO Max and theaters this past Thursday at midnight or Friday, whatever you want to say. Here's the blurb Nick Bannister, Hugh Jackman, a private investigator of the mind, navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by new client, May Rebecca Ferguson. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. Now, that's the pitch right there, right? You can see Alicia walking into the rooms and I don't know if she even needs to do this anymore because she's such a boss, but I can see her saying, "Here's the here's the, you know, the elevator pitch. This is what it's about." I still don't think it tells us quite enough just for the audience. Obviously, spoiler alerts, we're going to be talking about this movie. Feel free to pause entirely. We will warn you before anything terribly spoilery comes out of our mouths but Dave why don't you tell us a little bit more about the story just so people have a better idea of what this movie's about
1: I mean I'd like to But ah! I'm, I'm, still, I'm, still, I'm still, I'm still, no, I'm, I'm still trying to work it out with a slide rule. There are so many twists and turns in this. Uh, it is I mean, set. It is set in Miami of the future, um, where yeah. which leads to some wonderful uh, visual effects later down the track. Uh, because basically, sea level has risen to about I want to say twenty feet above where it normally was. Uh, so all of the uh, oceans have been walled off, and the parts that couldn't be walled off exist kind of like Venice, underwater, half underwater. Um, Mm -hmm. And Hugh Jackman runs an agency where their specialty is recalling memories. So they basically put you in a tank and he guides you down a path and you recall the memory that you want to recall and live because everyone is now living in the past and nostalgia is a commodity. Sound familiar?
0: Yeah. Sounds like
1: real life.
0: Yeah, this is uh, again like yeah. How do they know they were going to make this now? I bet they didn't start shooting this or pre-planning for this before the pandemic. So it's just kind of mm. crazy this came out right now. Um, yeah, I think they've been sitting yeah, on this so, one for a little while. And so basically, he has this yeah you know, this company. Uh, he's ex-military. He used to do the exact same thing for the military back then. It was a way of you know interrogating people, and now he does it privately to earn his living. It looks like but also for the like, police. <laughs> yeah, every now and then he gets called in uh, to to that. It's look, folks, here this is. This is this is what this is. This is a neo noir film. It is yeah. as classically structured and written as noir can get. Uh there is voiceover. The very first thing you hear is voiceover. The very this, last yeah. thing you hear is voiceover. The only thing um,
1: missing was it was raining in the city that night. Like literally, it was <laughs> just, quite literally, yeah. 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 But and, like, a yeah. dame walks through the door and wreaks havoc. It is a classic, classic yeah. detective story Rebecca a, Ferguson, with a, yeah, with a, with a very, very good twist, like well, a couple of yeah, twists. Yeah, she
0: is. She's the femme fatale. Um, so he starts, you know, pulling at a thread of he fell in love with Rebecca Ferguson's character. And then she just disappears. And that's kind of the end of the exposition. She kind of comes into his life, he falls in love, the whirlwinds, you know, his whole life changes, and then she just disappears from his life and he becomes obsessed with trying to figure out why she just drops off the face of the earth. Uh, There's no, you know, clues to like where she went, blah, 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 initially. And then it kind of turns into exactly what noirs mostly are, detective stories. He does get pulled into the police to do some interrogation work, so there is some legitimacy behind it, but it's also very straightforward. He is trying to solve a mystery. So uh, if you're a fan of neo-noir style, if you're a fan of noir style, you know I definitely think it's worth taking a look, but let's back up just for a moment. Mm. Dave, just hit me with your initial thoughts. Dave. Did you? How did you respond to this movie? Uh, we should say just ahead of time, this is not us saying this, so I can't get buzzed for it. This has got some very mixed reviews. Seems like some people are not enjoying this. Uh, because of the things I just said, I think they're judging it based on on how you, it's so obviously that that I think they were looking for something else, I mean, or tra- maybe they the wanted it is- to surprise them. Yeah,
1: the trailer is a little bit of a misdirect. I feel like it, I didn't. I once I cottoned on to what was going on, I, like because for the first half an hour of the film, it's just. It was a little, uh, just a little clunky. And then I stuck with it and I like, I'm as I had to, cause we're talking about it tonight, but I'm glad that I did, because I think if I wasn't, I might've actually switched this off thinking, okay, this is not going anywhere, but are you trying to buzz me right now?
0: <laughs> I'm always trying to buzz you. My fucking buzzer isn't no, 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 working, but, folks. I got but, an but, impotent but, buzzer. But
1: I, th- I feel like, because I stuck around, I got. I ended up getting sucked into the story because I, while I was thinking, okay, this is a little bit clunky. Once the like the first twist of the film happens, you realize why, and it from that point it just carries you forward, and you're kind of like you're going right along with him. It's like you want to know how this resolves, you're like what happened to her, and mm-hmm. why? Why are all these people like? How is this all intermingled? And there's threads everywhere. So mm-hmm. I.
0: I enjoyed it, sort of. All right, fine. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna make you drink for that one. I think I feel the exact same way, dude. It was. Uh, mm, I enough. had already. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. I will drink to that. Um, it's. Uh, I'm not gonna go with what some critics. If anyone reads reviews, again, we, we try not to do that on this fucking show. We're not trying to sound like critics. We want to try to to talk constructively about this stuff. But sometimes I do like seeing with some people that I that I respect or don't respect, like what they have to say and what the audience review ratings are. Um, I think this is one of those movies where as a whole, most audiences and most critics are in agreement. Um, And I think it's good reason. And it's what you said. There is a mystery at the core of this. And you know what? Mysteries are fun. So it, it, it really does help that there is a mystery that is going to, you're going to want to solve it, even if you dislike the way this movie tells the story. And I think that's what most people are talking about in the reviews I'm reading, is that they, you can recognize what this is pretty quickly. And, and I think there's a lot to be excited about. The Production design is, is very large. It's set in this dystopian world where there literally is water running through the streets of Miami. So, you know, if you're if you're into the spectacle, it's got something for you there. If you're into the mystery noir style, it's got something for you there. I, I think these this cast is pretty strong, too. Mm. So you kind of go into this thinking, all right, I think I know what this is within the first 10 minutes or so. I think what this movie might be lacking, and I'm not the first person to say this, so I don't want to sound like I'm copycatting, but I kept waiting for whenever you do a take on a very popular genre or structure, you want to put your spin on it as a storyteller. And I kept waiting for that original surprising element. And as much as I did enjoy, and I got hooked into trying to, I have to figure out what the hell happened. The mystery did get me. I I wanted the telling, the actual filmmaking, maybe just from the script and the writing, to surprise me a little bit more with the way she was going to approach this genre. And I don't know if it quite got there for me. It almost got there several times. Uh, I really like Rebecca Ferguson as an actor. I think she's good. I liked her immediately when I first saw her in uh, The Mission Impossibles. Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to see what she does with Jessica in Dune, uh, the mother character. I'm so excited for that. Um, So I forgot she was in this. I'm not going to lie. I think I had seen one trailer quite a while ago, and I was like, great, great. And I just... I just forgotten. So when she came on, I was like, good. And I think she did a really fun turn as a femme fatale, very, very classic femme fatale. And I, I think I enjoyed her character and the writing of what they did for her even more than I did for Hugh, which might be, which might ultimately be the problem with this movie, which is not Lisa Joy's. I don't know if it, it, it might be her fault. Mm. My favorite detective noir movies. They all, whether we like it or not, these kinds of stories are being told from one point of view. It is literally a voiceover point of view movie, yeah. right? All these great old noirs. Like, like you said, it was raining that night. Like it's literally, yeah. they're telling you what's happening to them. They're telling you the atmosphere. They're telling you the entire story, literally telling you the story. And it felt a little repetitive to me. I'm not quite sure they didn't. I don't know if she gave as many obstacles as she could so the Hugh Jackman's character could reach a point that I think is integral in all the really good noirs where they don't know how to continue telling the story, where the storytelling kind of slips into them living it. And I, I do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of stops being a, let me tell you a story. And it starts being like, I didn't know where to go and, and I don't know where to go because I don't know what's going to happen next. It kind of felt like every time they would get to the next scene, it kind of felt, I kept having this weird sensation where I was like, haven't we already been here with the story i feel like he's already talked about this and now we're actually just watching it as opposed to starting to live it with him and be very scared or or at least not be able to kind of predict what's coming next and it started to feel a little bit more predictable not her part of the story i was still curious mm. about the mystery i don't it know if it, i don't think you could telling. call it
1: predictable it just kind of was meh like it you kind of <laughs> oh, it's close enough i guess um <laughs> you kind of yeah man like you felt for him, but you didn't feel for him as such, and like he's he turns into a pretty flawed character. he starts off somewhat really cool and like almost james Bond-esque. like he's he's cool in the bar and all that sort of thing, and then he like when they pull the the first twist um then suddenly he becomes a lot scruffier and a lot like he his character changes and you you do kind of come along with him a little bit um. When he's in the police interrogation and he won't stop focusing on her yeah. and they're trying to get him to focus on anything else, he won't stop focusing on her. It actually made me dislike him. I was me like, what too. are you doing? Like, and it's like if you dislike that central character, then I don't know, does it, does it still work?
0: No, I, I don't think so. I, and and obviously a lot of these, uh maybe not obviously, but I think that a lot of Noir protagonists are are not super likable, but there's something about that anti-hero kind hmm. of thing that is kind of not the car wreck you can't look away from, but there has to be a little bit of a I'm kind of disgusted by this person, but I understand their obsession. So it's not like you're empathizing with yeah. them. It's not like you're on their side, but there has to be something intriguing about mm. them and I agree yeah. with you he became less intriguing to me as it went on he kind of started slipping into it, it got a little pathetic at some points so not not Hugh Jackman but just the mm. writing of that character yeah I'll drink to that I'll <laughs> drink to that you said something else that uh what were you just saying you were talking about how it was in the police scene when he started being obsessed uh, yeah. started co- it, focusing it, it, on it, her yeah and
1: it made me not like him like literally not like yeah.
0: him Um I and- think um Go, go for
1: it. No, no, that, that was that was it.
0: <laughs> God damn it. I, I think that he uh, I think and this is this may be Hugh. I don't know how many conversations they had about this, but again, there's there is a style of acting that was accepted as the style of acting. It wasn't it wasn't exclusive to noirs that existed when noirs were written, right? The 30s mm. and 40s, even the 20s, late 20s, Scarface and stuff. And Sometimes I think the trap for when you're doing neo noir, contemporary noir, is that you kind of have to do that again. And I think there are the best examples: a lot of David Lynch's films, Twin Peaks stuff, even something. It's not super contemporary, but Chinatown, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, um, I was actually waiting for someone to yell Blade out, "Forget
1: Runner. it! It's Chinatown at the end of it." Forget but- it,
0: Jake. is Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But I think that uh, Blade Runner and Blade Runner twenty forty nine that yep. we have we have good examples of contemporary mm. noir. They don't slip into the trap of of playing it to that style of performance. And I think one thing that I yeah. could not stop. I, think, I think if, we can, in my head. if we can go the
1: benchmark we're looking for here is LA Confidential.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. LA Confidential is good. And there's a all right, so that's a perfect example because what uh what Russell Crowe and um what's the what's the other lead's name in that? Um, I should from, know um, this. <laughs> oh, god damn it. From uh uh fuck what the fuck is his name he's australian he was in uh god damn it damn. i know
1: i know. I don't <laughs> even know my I own people it's it's horrible
0: somebody look it up jeff jeff quick oh, look this up I know. Fuck this. no no no, we're gonna look this up right now LA guy Piers. confidential guy pierce thank you well yeah. both of them i didn't look that up too it just came into. to me yeah good i'm glad i'm glad sorry folks stick with us here sorry, both of them never fall into and all the other great things that i that i listed was yes there is a style of writing that kind of goes into these that is kind of unavoidable because it is usually a sleuth character trying to put pieces together. But I think the trap with this acting style, um, the thought I kept having was, why is it Hugh, why isn't this getting grittier when he's actually upset? Why does it still feel like it's uh, a little bit from a distance and a little little too performed? I kept waiting. I, I don't think Rebecca fell into this trap as much. I don't even know if she fell into it at all. I liked the way she performed her part. It I mean, never she, felt she like she had a lot
1: less screen time, too. He was on screen the entire time.
0: And she so. had a lot less dialogue. So it's not just that she was yeah. on screen less. She didn't have as literally have as much to say, where I think some of the traps came for him. So a scene just like that. Let's take the police. Uh, he gets brought in to do an interrogation on a guy who was near death, who had some ties to this drug lord they were trying to bust. So he was interrogating this guy, doing the reminiscence thing. The guy's plugged up and he was walking him into his memories and he sees Rebecca Ferguson's character and he can't let it go. And he keeps asking questions about her. And the cops are like, what are you doing? Let's come on. This is ridiculous. And it kind of it was kind of a nutshell example where I wanted him to to lose it enough so that this new obstacle of, okay, now all the cops are against him too. Now he's mm. truly off his hinges. But it never really got to that place where yeah, I th- I there think were just, consequences for his obsession. I think you just didn't nailed really see why it.
1: I hated that scene because it either redeem it or go whole hog. He kind of sat in the middle exactly. and that's, that's why it exactly. didn't work for me. So L.A.
0: Confidential. Yeah, I totally agree, dude. L.A. Confidential is a... A really good example. Let's just use that for a second. Or we could use Jake from Chinatown, Jack Nicholson's character. Let's let's stick with L.A. Russell Crowe's character has consequences all over the place. That movie is so good, and so Mm. does... uh, (laughs) God damn it, what's his name? Guy (laughs) Pearce. Guy fucking Pearce. God damn it. Mm. I love him, too. I know. I'm sorry, Guy Pearce. I fucking love you, dude. You're such a good actor. How do I keep forgetting your name? You have two people who are constantly dealing with the consequences of their actions. Guy Pearce is trying to manipulate the system so he can get to the to the top because he wants to have more power and he's got all the morals and ethics. And on the other side of the coin, you got Russell Crowe's character who is just a fucking loose cannon, physical, violent, killing people whenever he needs to. And there are consequences for him too. They both eventually have to face consequences and that's what brings them to every new situation in the script. I kept feeling like this was just kind of on repeat. Every scene kind of made me feel like, Surely he's not going to get away with this. And then he would kind of get away with it. And the only time, the only accountability we saw for his obsession was coming from, uh, what's her name? She's such a wonderful actor. She's in Westworld as well. Uh, Jesus, I'm going to fuck her name up. Dave, how's it pronounced? thandwi Newton? Thandi. thandwi I think it's Thandui. Thandui? Thandui. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Thandi Newton. Yeah, She's, I, fucking I, got, great. I got it wrong too, if that's the case, but yeah. So yeah, feel free to correct this. I think she's a great actor, but she was given the entire responsibility. Every every time they were together, it was just her being like, you got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing this. You got to stop doing this. And it started to feel one note and I started to get kind of bored with her character. I I felt she was very underutilized. Me too, because I think she was, in spite of that, I thought she was extremely intriguing. I thought Mm. there were layers to her character we didn't really get to see. But the worst part of it was that our protagonist didn't really... Get as affected as they could have been because of what I think was a problem in the script. Um, I, I mean, I know that might sound kind of—I know, I know that might sound kind of negative, but I think it was—I think it was the problem mm. with All this right. movie. If well, there was, we've, we've,
1: one. we've railed on the script, and i let's let's have a quick mention of the visual effects in this because they Did build. You they oh fuck yeah, I dug it. They build the world. It's amazing. All of the, like, the composite shots with the wa- the giant walls and the water, and there's always water running somewhere. And yeah. it, it just, it really worked for me. Um, I did at one point, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, they, they've got a scene in the background where there's just buildings sticking up out of the ocean. And I, the first thought that went through my head was, oh, my God, the amount of computer time those fucking water simulations would have taken. Oh, yeah. It's it's like just water imagine? everywhere. And it's, it's obviously, a lot of it is CG'd. I'm sure some of it was like, physical elements that they just composited in, but I'm, I'm pretty sure a lot of it was CG'd and yeah, that doesn't happen quickly. Like, and it's a, it's a very hard thing to build. So they did a phenomenal job on, on the visuals in this film.
0: I liked the also big, the, machine I liked the big well. stuff. Mm. I do think that, that once this has happened before, there are, there were a few like technical things with the visuals that that frustrated me because clearly the technology wasn't the issue. This was a choice that they made. Uh-huh. Uh, Him getting, like, how quickly and how he can see, like, into the memories, like the beads of sand or or whatever the the stuff that is actually being, like, projected into Mm -hmm. or out of. I couldn't quite tell. It's basically a giant 70-speed curtain. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I couldn't quite tell if it was supposed to have mass. So when he was, like, looking at it versus when he was in it, there were a few, like, tiny little things, like, when he would touch it, that i thought kind of took away from the the mystery of like oh my god how are they doing that so there were a few moments like that that i don't know if they were if they were totally necessary production design wise at, again as is common with a lot of noirs they're usually dealing with a femme fatale character who does have access to for for whatever reason money and influence so you usually have a very poor detective-y character who is getting exposed and having to do research in these very affluent worlds. So I didn't mind that I think some people were ragging on the fact that you know they were cut to the next scene and there's no water. They're in some they're on land somewhere and it's fucking gorgeous on are on top of some fucking building. That didn't bother me quite as much because that seems yeah. to be kind of baked that, into I mean, the structure. All, yeah, that
1: all fit for me. Um, it
0: fit. I wish what, it was a little di- dirtier. What, what did the approach fit. to that, but
1: what didn't fit was the uh, the police interrogation where they're um basically uh and we are now we're going into spoiler territory now um yeah, yeah. so like the police interrogation uh where they get this guy and they're showing like his memories and it's all for shot from his pov so the whole thing is his pov like looking around and everything and they literally not twenty minutes before that done a scene where he explained to her why she he could see her in her memory. It's because you picture yourself in your memory, but they're they're pulling his memory out. It's from his POV. So they like they broke their own rules twenty minutes after they spent so much time setting them up.
0: Yeah, and that mm-hmm. happened. A co- honestly, that I don't think that was the only time that. My girlfriend and I said that to each other, like, didn't they just say that there were a few times where I felt like they may have broken some rules, or at least they didn't explain why there was a twist on that rule and why maybe one machine was different or one scenario was different.
1: They they didn't do it as bad as Superman Returns, but it was pretty, pretty, pretty up
0: there. They did. But there were a few things that were just like kind of, and even the way it was cut, I remember at one point when he finally goes to, goes to have some, I'm not going to spoil it, but goes to have some vengeance with this guy who eventually is heavily involved in her mystery and it cuts from, you don't know where you are, but it's not next door. It cuts from, Hugh's beaten up. It seems like they're far away. He had to go quite a ways to get this guy. And then it cuts and they're right back in his studio. And it didn't explain anything about how he like got this guy back in a world where it's very difficult to travel. Yeah, you would have,
1: you and, would have had to put that in, that guy in an open boat. Someone's yeah, going to notice and, that. and he was injured. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like there
0: were small things like that, that. Those small things add up. And I know that's fucking annoying, but you know mm. what audiences are really good at? Catching shit like that. And it pulls you right out of it and it just makes you question. Also, and especially yeah, when you're trying to suspend belief one, for this giant secondary world.
1: My biggest one is um, when they're going over Sandy's uh, um, memories uh, that yeah. show that she was actually there to scam and why she was there. And then it she goes, excuse me, and leaves the room. And she's like, oh, it's okay. I was going to leave anyway. And then the memory machine shows her reach down and get something out front of the couch. Who saw that?
0: There's exactly. no one in the room. Exactly. There was God. There was another one that mm. was exactly like this. And okay, I know it's I'll such a shame, it, but no, fuck it though. I mean, take it. Whenever you're dealing with something that is like, it's annoying when you have to explain how new technology works, but there, obviously, there's plenty of movies that have dealt with sci-fi stuff, and they've been able to figure out how to write to that, say, yeah. just enough so that everything is justified. There were so many moments where you're like, wait, I didn't know that he could do that. Why aren't they explaining why he's allowed to do that? Why is it this way? Why is it not I POV? That it was just. It, what do you think that is? Was it just a lack of exposition? Or was there not enough accountability in the script, so it just kept breaking rules or twisting some yeah, of its I'm, own rules?
1: I, I'm not quite sure how that happened because I mean, a lot of people work on a film, so like a lot it, of people, in the end, yeah. it works. In the end, it works. It comes down to a choice, I guess, in like editing or whatever. It might be something that you simply they wouldn't give you the money to go back and reshoot to fill in, so you have to roll with it. And just hope nobody oh, yeah. notices because that happens sometimes. Um, sometimes I, will, I, I will say we're, the... we're ragging on uh, some points and stuff, but like it, as a as a feature film debut, this is up there. This is like really good for a feature film it's, debut. Like you come certainly... from directing one episode of Westworld to this, and could could you like I don't know if I got that phone phone call going. Hey, we've got you, Jackman. I would shit my pants turning up that first day at work.
0: Me too. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely it's definitely bold. I'm not going to say this was. I'm not going to say this was good. This was, this was impressive that she took on this Mm. challenge. Yeah. Feel free. Yeah. (laughs) Go for it. Go for it. But you know what? I, I I feel like, I feel like I'm not alone. I think she maybe could have taken on a slightly smaller project to start with. I don't know what the budget was on this thing. I'll look it up real fast, but I'm sure Hmm. it was gigantic compared to an episode of Westworld. Um, I'm not seeing any budget estimates, but I would imagine it's at least a hundred, you know, if, if we're talking like something, this scale, uh, Yeah. I don't know. It was, uh, it's still, if you like mystery movies, don't go wrong. Mm. We haven't seen one in a long time. So like, I I can't remember the last like gigantic, big mystery movie that came out, you know, that was on the blockbuster side, not like a Oscar Mm. movie side. Um, and I definitely respect her for, for going for it. And I want her to fucking keep going.
1: You know, one of the things I really liked though, when they went, when he went to New Orleans, and yeah. he went into the guy's complex and he let him in and like he's basically it, it's this um, they they cast an Asian actor to play this guy and but he had like the thick New Orleans accent that he, he slipped into occasionally I thought that was a really nice touch as well because they played him as like American New Orleans.
0: Just overall, I thought that guy was awesome. He was great. That, he was a, had, that was that was that was
1: a good scene. Like that was. That like yeah. whole thing was like really good. It's like, yeah, maybe a little more of that. I will say in that scene though, when the like somebody shoots the jukebox and it starts playing Tainted Love, and I'm like, and then someone shoots the jukebox and it dies. And, was, and first, my first thought was, my God, did they just pay $30,000 for 20 seconds Me of Tainted too, Love? Dude.
0: Me too. And I know you guys, I know you and I are filmmakers, so we were thinking, like, technically, but also just as an audience member, I was like, why did they just do that? Yeah, but, for like I, don't know, I, don't know, I don't
1: know whether you noticed, but the soundtrack. The orchestral soundtrack that kicked in was still doing the stabs
0: yeah, yeah so it, 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 it turned the into
1: the sound yeah so I, I once i noticed that i was like that's kind of a cool choice i like this i like what they did there and I'd if anything i'd go back and look, listen to see how many other times they snuck something in there
0: it may have been in there yeah i don't know overall i'm not sure if the music but not just in that scene that that mm. scene was great i, I don't mm. want to say anything negative about that scene there were a few times where I feel like the music was trying to rescue some ambiguous transitions and sequences. And again, I'm just not quite sure. It, I'm just not <laughs> sure it worked. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Fair. Um, <laughs> one question though, this does pose a very interesting question with this technology um, that they've, they've built because I don't know about you, but like, are your memories biased? Because I think they are. People remember things they want to the way they want to remember them. So does this machine extract your memory in the bias that you put on it as in like you'll twist it around and make yourself seem just a little bit better than you were in the situation or whatever, you know, people's brains do like, or is it somehow retaining the original memory? Like it's extracting it from your subconscious.
0: Yeah, they did. And they didn't address that, which they probably should have just because I think everybody saw that black mirror episode. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where they have the memory chip so you can play back, Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Right? And in, yeah. that, in that episode, they have a really deep conversation around the dinner table with that one guest who doesn't have the chip. And they're all talking to her about how irresponsible it is not to have the chip because regular memory is based on – it's in the, you know, whatever, the mm. frontal cortex. So it is biased versus this chip somehow tapped into subconscious organic memory. And they didn't address that at all in this. And I think, you know, it, w- we all – are thinking a little bit too much about that kind of thing now for us to not address it. (laughs) No, I, no, I agree with you. Like, that is something that like, we should probably just clean this up really quickly just so people don't have to think about it. Your your exposition is supposed to do all this crap, right? So that you can just sit back and that the point of this movie was not the machine, right? The point was him using the machine as a tool to solve a mystery. The point Mm. of this, of this movie was for us to figure out what happened to Rebecca Ferguson, May. And I agree with you, and I think we're not alone. i am seeing a lot of critics just bitching about this in their articles. There are so many things that are, are twisted or the machine was not explained as well as it could have been that you couldn't stop fucking thinking about it every time they used it. Yeah. It was like, wait, 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 you can do that? And now I'm thinking about the machine and not what he's using it for. So, hmm. yeah, I, I felt that same way. What Nardin. was your favorite part about this movie, though? Let's, 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 let's pull it up a little bit. Let's be positive. Um,
1: no, my, my, I think my favorite part about this was like, the way it was shot. Oh, yeah? It was, yeah, it was just everything looked either, it either looked terrible or it looked beautiful or it looked like fake which is, like, that's what happened when they went into, like, the rich land baron section. It's like, yeah, they're just, they're just pretending that this is not going on over here. And then when they went to the, right. like, the recycling section where, like, all the people who have nowhere to go live, like, it looked gritty and horrible. And in, somewhere in between, it was dark and colourful. And I, I just, like, the, the imagery for this was on point for me. That I completely favorite, agree. and That, that, was, that was my favourite part about this film.
0: That was shot by a guy named Paul Cameron, who was Tony Scott's uh so he did deja vu man on fire uh collateral the michael mann film mm-hmm. uh, i fucking love that movie with uh, tom cruise and jamie fox and uh, and yeah, they did so the, they did
1: the jump off the roof with the camera scene <laughs>
0: as well for Classic. like
1: the, the old born trick
0: i do <laughs> completely agree with that that uh it wasn't something i took for granted but i, I think i may have in a good way it was always Shockwell. Hmm. all of my issues that I that whatever I was thinking about never had ne- necessarily anything to do with the actual filmmaking. It was, I mean, maybe that's a loose term and not the right term, but I think you know what I mean. The way it was shot, uh, it was it was, the issues were lying in the script and some performance issues yeah. and stuff. Um, there were definitely the standout performances for me. Like I said, I liked, I, I really enjoyed what Rebecca Ferguson did. I love the guy who played the the drug lord from from uh, New Orleans. I thought he was really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think those were probably were probably my, my favorite parts about it because there were, I don't know, there were there were things I just couldn't kind of get past. I was struggling <laughs> with this one, but yeah, uh, I, mean, yeah I don't yeah, know.
1: Yeah, I mean, we we we've given you a, a general roundabout. So it's it's available on HBO Max, uh, free. So give it a watch, and uh, let us know. Like come at us, comment, review. We we got a Facebook group. Come and find us on that. And uh, yell at us if you disagree.
0: Yeah, I guarantee I'll answer. <laughs> yeah, Dave will get back to you. And <laughs> yes, never let us deter you. De- determine for yourselves. Uh, give it a shot. Give it a watch. Support it. It is a new movie. We do want people to to try to start supporting these things. We want to take risks. Let's face it, folks we're not gonna we're not gonna get the the best of the best until we start seeing movies again. And hold, you know, these people have to live up to their accountability of whether or not these things succeed or not. So. I'm glad she gave it a shot, and I can't wait to see more of uh, Lisa Joy's work. But uh, yeah, I don't know if I'll be rewatching this one. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Yeah, sure.
1: sure. (laughs) All right. Well, that's uh, that's about everything we can uh, we can wrap up with that. So uh, yeah, next later in the week we're going to be talking about the uh, original 1970s version of Suspiria.
0: But before
1: we go, what you been watching, John?
0: What have I been watching? Um, I got to see. I saw two movies this week. Uh, One of them is a new movie. One of them is an older movie. I saw Flag Day. It's the new film by uh, Sean Penn, starring um, his daughter, Mm -hmm. him and Robin Wright's daughter. Um, I think her name is Dylan. And him. Uh, Supporting characters from Josh Brolin. um, Several other people. Anyway, it's uh, definitely an artsy film uh if you feel like taking a chance on that kind of thing it it was really cool I was glad I got to see it met the producer um sounds like a a long passion project and I'm glad it came to fruition that was cool and I also watched uh Paris, Texas for the first time uh-huh. which is a uh, Wim Wenders film and that's been on my list for quite a while it's one of Roger Deakins favorites he talks about it all the time <laughs> um beautifully shot beautiful told story a slow movie but it's on the criterion and on H- HBO max right now if you want to take a chance uh, definitely I would call that a it's in the masterpiece world that was a very enjoyable if you're looking for something like that how about you
1: uh, I didn't get a chance for much movies this week we've been apartment hunting over here in New York uh, possibly shifting around who knows um, nice. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, look at the wind of the moment it kind of looks like Miami from Reminiscence. We're in the middle of a tropical <laughs> storm at the moment. Oh, um, no. yeah. So uh but I, what I did watch was um, the second season of Evil, uh, is which is, uh, well, a funny story. They moved from, like, the CBS TV to CBS All Access, so they're no, long, no longer affected by the censors. <laughs> So they're oh, yeah. dropping <laughs> F-bombs and the demons are just a little bit scarier and the gore's kicked up just a little bit. And it's like the story, it just got a little more intense. But, I mean, wow. yeah, the the character of Leland in it is, of course, played by, uh you probably know him as for, uh, the main bad guy from Lost.
0: Oh, and, shit. Yeah, and uh, uh, Michael Emerson.
1: Yeah. yeah. And yeah, Michael Emerson. He yeah. plays it. To a T. This man can just snap on a dime and say the most outlandish, horrific things with a completely straight, light tone of voice. It's like, I'm just delivering the news of today. But oh, no, yeah, so yeah, I, but, but I also killed your sister. But yeah, it's like it's like that's not what he said. But yeah, um it's it's a really like it's he's just a joy to watch. Every time I see him on screen, he's a joy to watch. I loved it. I've loved him in everything he was in. So yeah, it's nice, worth dude. watching just for that. But there's also, you know, some solid performances in this and a really good storyline
0: cool check it out it's on cbs all All access access, yeah sweet cool well thank you so much home fans we will be back later in the week check out the episode on Suspiria Dave and I should have seen it by now and we finally did so tune back in and we'll talk about it see you soon